American Christianity seems to be so focused on the outward world. It's time we turn our attention back to the inner world because it's in our hearts and our minds where everything begins. This is why we are the Ministry of the Interior. like to welcome everyone back to Ministry of the Interior. Our mission here at Ministry of the Interior is to encourage our brothers and sisters in the faith, followers of Jesus Christ, to look inwardly and to see the things that they might need to work on and, and also for us here to share some of the things that, that we struggle with and we, we hope to be more and more like Jesus Christ. We are called to be salt and light of the earth, which will be shown in the, the text, especially in Matthew 5. Um, some of the, the lofty standards that Jesus has for us, um, they may seem difficult, but the more and more you try to live that life, the easier it becomes. Today, we, we do have a special guest. I'm very proud uh, to introduce my brother in the faith, mentor, uh, Pastor Joseph Bryant. He was the senior pastor, We and I was associate. I was his helper at the Mount Beulah Christian Church in Pine Bluff. So mm-hmm. we've we spent a lot of, lot of time talking with one another, working and, and trying to see how we could grow the church there in Pine Bluff. Glad to have you, Pastor Brian. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'd also uh, like to introduce Mandy. Hi, I'm Mandy. I You might have heard Corey on here before. I'm Corey's wife, and I just love the Lord, and I love the Word of God, and I'm really excited to, to talk it out. I'm glad that you joined us. Um, Corey told us that um, you had a little thump um, with um, this this particular scripture here, so I'm glad that you'll be joining us as we talk about the Beatitudes. Pastor Brian, would you mind leading us in a word of prayer? I am ready. Yes, I will. If we could, please uh, bow head and close eyes, which is good intention, but mainly loan your heart. Lend it over to God so that he can, he can bless us, bless us throughout. Father God, creator of all things, heaven and earth, and even beneath. Father, we thank you for this gracious opportunity that you've allowed us to sit and discuss your word. We thank you, Father, for your son Jesus, who you made possible to come and bear our sins and die on the old rugged cross and after three days you rolled it all power. We thank you for those provisions you made for us, Father. Now, Lord, if you would uh, bless each and every one of us that are on this podcast tonight, that we may use 
our gifting and knowledge and wisdom to dig deeper, to make this a very fruitful occasion. I'm glad and honored to be a part of it, Father. Uh, Mandy and Corey and all the others that may be with us. But most of all, Father, we want to give you all the glory, give you all the honor, and give you all the praise, not just for what you have done or even what you are doing. We're going to give you some praise on credit because you know you're worthy for it, but you're getting ready to do it. So, Father, as we study these Beatitudes, we pray, O oh Lord, that you allow your Holy Spirit to guide us in a direction where we can not only care, but we can share those things that you've already planted in our spirit. So as we go to ready to, to enter into discussion, Father, we ask that you be glorified and Satan be terrified. As we proceed, this prayer is in the name of your son, Jesus, our Savior. We thank you and amen. 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 We'll be in Matthew chapter 5 today. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Whatever translation you have and works for you, that's what matters. But I'll okay. be reading from the New Living Translation. In chapter 5, starting in verse 1. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for great, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Amen. Amen. That Sermon of the Mount is is such a big chunk of, of scripture, we'll have to break it up into pieces. So we'll be we'll be studying just these Beatitudes here. Starting with the first one in, in verse three, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. How does it read in any of the translations that y'all study? Mine says, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. That's the CSB. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
I'd, I'd even like to start just a, just before the Beatitudes and, and figure out who Jesus is talking to in these specific scriptures. Um, in the, the chapter before, it says that he's called his first disciples after he starts preaching that the kingdom is near. He tells, he starts preaching, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And from there, he chooses his first disciples. And then the people start hearing about him. And it's the sick and the lowly and the oppressed and the people that um, that are poor in spirit that come and follow him onto this mountain. And so he's speaking right to them from the very start of the Beatitudes. He sees them. He affirms who they are and that they are the people that are there. And he starts right where they're at. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, Jesus talked a lot about money. And sometimes people kind of miss that little piece right there. Mm -hmm. in, our, in our culture here in America, we, we like to glorify, um, you know, the billionaires, the people that made it, that, that had the American dream. And somehow that, that part of our culture has come into the church. Uh, that that materialism, mm -hmm. but I, I I really do like uh, the translation "poor in spirit" because they realize their need for Him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times we try to do things in our own strength, um, and we we mess up on things a lot when we try to rely on our own strength. That's true. I've got a lot of that in my story. Definitely in mine. I've, I've been wrestling, <laughs> wrestling with God on so many things. And uh, the, the number of years it took me to learn a lesson, uh, sometimes I kick myself whenever it was just standing out to me right there. We talked a little bit about that last week with obedience. What about you, Pastor Bryant? Well, great. Um... I'm uh, coming from uh, uh, the Living Bible. I like that because it speaks like we talk today. Uh, verse 1 says, One day, as the crowd were gathering, he went up to the hillside with his disciples and sat down and taught them there. Humble men are very fortunate, he told them, for the kingdom of heaven is given to them. Those who mourn are fortunate, for they mm. shall be comforted. Now, I wanted to include that because they kind of put together my book here, but uh, that word fortunate and, and blessed are kind of interchangeable in this particular case. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the need to count on God to know that the only way they can um, get through this life is with God. And uh, it's kind of blessed that they are poor when they speak of the poor because they don't have a lot of this world good to brag on and hold close to their hearts so that they can count on the riches or the properties. The more a man has, the more he wants to keep it. And he don't want to lose it. So he can spend a lot of time focusing on stuff. But when your mind is, is, is 
is focused on God and you know that almost every breath is dependent upon him because you come lowly, but your spirit actually is high because you see, they see God as the only helper and they hold on to that. So when Matthew came into the picture, he was trying to, in a lot of these, uh, blessed are they, blessed is a man who, you know, you'll be blessed if, you know, those things are coming from the Old Testament. And it, it speaks today because what Jesus always do is he uh, said he didn't come to destroy the Old Testament, but he came to fulfill it. So when we look at uh, the Beatitudes, which is a great subject, might I mean, that we can, it's talking to us. It's talking directly to the people that read it today because it's alive. And to be blessed in any way, anyway, it's so good. And, and as I heard you mention earlier there, uh, Reverend Harrington, was that you learn some things you know, the hard way. And I would say, blessed are you to get it. I didn't get it at that age. It took me a while to get it. I had to go through some really hard circumstances to come to the place where I am. And for the last 20 years, oh, I have been wide open with the fact of just giving God all the glory. Because not only was I poor in spirit, I was poor in health, I was poor in, in mentality, I was just poor. <laughs> I was down there falling from a divorce and losing everything. I went down there. I don't ever want to go back there again, but I have a heart for those who are down there. And that's the ministry that Jesus had given me to help those who can't help themselves. And when you're lost, you're lost. But when you don't have anything and you're lost, that can make it pretty bad because Satan can, can tear you up. So blessed are they who are poor. That's very powerful. Very, very powerful. It's okay. powerful and it's it's good news. It's good news for the poor. That, they, that they'll be blessed when they realize their need for him. All they have to do is turn. And it reminds me of the rich young ruler, how he had too much to give up. It wasn't good news for him because he had to give it up. But it's good news for the poor because they realize their need for God. Very true. And another thing about the poor in spirit are happy. Um, this is how they see themselves lowly down. See, a lot of people uh, has been misguided to think that they are a lot more than who they really are uh, because of their goods or uh, because of the uh, uh, accolades. Uh, uh, but to be brought humble and know it. And the poor, they see themselves as, I don't have anything to count on. See, most people don't go there. For some reason, they'll duck it and dodge it. They won't go there to accept the fact, just like alcoholics and drug addicts. They don't think they're drug addicts. They don't think they're alcoholics. They think, oh, I'm okay. I just like this stuff. I like to smoke. I, I'm not a smokeaholic. I just like this stuff. But here, 
the people that Jesus is speaking to, there's no way they could get out of it. They had to accept the fact that if they are going to get out of whatever it is that they're in, they need the help of Jesus. That's what they need. And once a person see that and need that and go for it, we have not because we ask not. So we have to ask, we have to put it in words. Can't just assume that Jesus knows you down and he automatically gonna pick you up. Well, he can't do that, but he wants you to ask. He wants since you, you to brought ask. Up, since you brought up James there, I'm gonna go there. The, the very first chapter in James in verse nine, believers who are poor have something to boast about for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot mm -hmm. sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. Ooh, that's hot right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, James is considered the, the Proverbs of the New Testament. And um, really, really, we should change our mindset as Christians, uh, you know, from, from focusing on this, this material aspect, not only the material, but how we view ourselves. Sometimes we we see ourselves as more than we should. Too often. I'm going to go back here to our text in Matthew and move on to, to morning. You know, whenever you read this, it's, it's just so counterculture and it turns everything we believe on its head. Why would, why would it... Why would we consider it to be a state of blessedness to mourn? I think it's because we're seeing the reality, seeing that the world is on fire, that people need Jesus. And we're we're in that place that we're able to recognize and see people the way that Jesus sees them and, and grieve. And we're not numbing out or distracting. Um, you know, it's so easy to to just keep scrolling. We see some sort of tragedy um you know as we're scrolling twitter and we just keep scrolling trying to numb out trying to distract ourselves but i think the the people that mourn are the ones that are actually seeing the the things that grieve god's heart and we're we're focusing on it and mourning the way that that jesus would mourn over it you know yes. one thing one thing i've always struggled with and i'm just being straight honest here because of Facing persecution because I'm a Christian. What about facing persecution because you're not a Christian? And I don't mean uh, I don't mean uh, you know other face. I mean people that are out there in the world trying to do good and just bad stuff happens to you. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a black man. I've I've told people my story of of, of some things I've endured uh, when it comes to race, and I I asked Mark this question because um, I was trying to work it out through my head. 
uh, you know, where's God's love and, and justice? Well, I know where it is. I know where it is. But just the, the question and reasoning, um, is there any blessedness for people who are being persecuted and they might, might be Christians? I just asked that question. Well, that's, that's a powerful question and is is worthy of a lot of deep concern. But when when I think it about all lives and all cultures, the one who had been persecuted the most back in the first and second and third centuries was the Jewish people themselves. And they have a history of being persecuted, but they are still God's people and he loved them no less than he loved the Gentiles. So when you look at the blessed are they that mourn, well, that mourning is usually when there is some sort of uh, death in the family, uh, grief that's going on uh, in many kinds, but there are many more. And a person's heart is, is humbled just because of it. And they mourn because they seek the one who can actually help them. And you know, the, like the grief process, there's seven steps to that. But when you come to people today, uh, particularly referring to uh, uh, Reverend Harrington's remark about being a black man and, and living into this world, well, it's tough. <laughs> mm -hmm. But no doubt tougher than what the Jewish people went through in the first and second century. And they was God's chosen people well, uh, I, I always, but Jesus made the statement, he said, if you follow me, you shall be persecuted. There's no direct way to, indirect to look at that other than the fact that there's a wicked, evil uh, uh, individual spirit, Satan, that he know God and he got kicked out of heaven. So he know what that's like up there. We don't. And he's trying to do all the things to cause us not to look at God, no matter what our circumstances are. You know, when we get caught up in our circumstances, we'll actually get lost on the meaning and purpose of why we are here. Sometimes it works to a benefit of being good. I, I've seen and still see the people that are humble, regardless of what their culture is, but I see that it looks like the black man, not so much as the black woman, but the black man is like, uh, I call it the man child in the promised land. He's on Satan's hit list. But I can't get caught up on what Satan is doing because I got a savior that have already saved me. And I'm going to be persecuted trying to do what is right in the sight of God. That's right. hard enough to go. Definitely right about that. I can't blame God for being black. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm just thankful that he made me black. I'm here. I'm here. Mm -hmm. And with him, all things are possible. And I'm just silly enough to believe it. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that was good one, Pastor. Appreciate that. Oh, this, you know, this next one here, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit 
the whole earth. Um, just think about how much we chase after stuff and how much we are willing to um, put others down in order to get what we receive. You know, Jesus said himself, what, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? That's, that's an interesting parallel. Gain the whole world and then inherit the whole earth. Yes. Uh, it struck me so powerful one day, um, you know, reading this and meditating on it. Um, you know, owning land, you know, that's a big thing for country folks. Owning land, being able to produce, you know, food for your family and uh, raise animals, you know, those, those type of materialistic things. And it's it comes down to just like Esau, uh, whenever he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup, bowl of stew. We, we have to, it's a, what do they call it? Opportunity costs in economics. It's an opportunity cost for us. Are we going to take this present temporary reward right now? Or are we going to take, are we going to endure suffering, follow Jesus, and receive the whole earth, but we have to be humble. Right. We're so short-sighted. We're so me, me, me now. I'm, I'm going to do this in my power and my strength. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to gain the whole, the whole earth. You know, I'm going to do it myself, but that's, that's focusing on what passes away. It's not focusing on the eternal when we're doing that and living in that mindset. I don't think so, but uh, um, it was said in the Bible, uh, Jesus said that Moses was one of the meekest men of his time. And the word meek, you know, uh, um, it was strange for me for a while because I couldn't quite understand that definition and put it into who Moses was because I saw, always saw Moses, this big guy that God uses to, to break down Pharaoh. Uh, but what we really saw was Moses lending himself. And it's hard to empty yourself so that God can use you. Because as long as you got your hand on it, then God will take his hand off of it. So now Moses was meek enough to allow God to just use him as a puppet. And it says that uh, the meek people are, quietly submitting to God all the time and they they can bear insults which a lot of us haven't quite got there yet uh, mm -hmm. or we can return soft answers when people say ugly things to you uh, you take yourself out of the equation and uh, uh, I heard a preacher preach on the fact once before that he says uh, God does not look at us uh, how we treat people, but how, I mean, not how they treat us, but how we treat people. That spirit that's in us is supposed to be able to endure all kinds of uh, insults and, and bad names they call you. But one thing, you have to know yourself. So if you know yourself, you know that, that God going to use you, then uh, Satan 
is out there. And anytime you're trying to do God's work and do something good, Satan is trying to stop that because he don't want you to be blessed. But also, uh, uh, Nabam said uh, to uh, Borak, he says, I can't curse what God has blessed. It's in numbers. We have to realize that we are blessed people and we're supposed to be at least able to uh, assume and consume insults or whatever this world has to offer, but we're not living in it. Those born again people go back to the kingdom when they get ready to rest and get filled up, restored, revived, and then they get ready to go back out into the world because that's where God's people are that's lost. We have to go there with allowance in the allowance den, but we have to realize that, uh, like he did Daniel, he can put him to sleep if you trust God. Now you can't go up in there like the seven sons of Sheba, thinking you can do what you want to do, and and it's supposed to just work just like that. But no, man, uh, uh, these beatitudes set me on fire. I, I seen a movie once when Jesus was was sitting on the top of the the big rock, the big rock too, talking to his people, and they was just in awe listening to what he was saying. I got that vision that if I was there with Jesus, I mean, I would be totally in awe that the things he's telling me is to look forward to the end times because the end time is where your rewards really are. I mean, we can we can enjoy the pleasure of things now. But we don't want to get caught up in enjoying the pleasure because it's too many of God's people that are suffering and doing wrong. And if they die doing wrong, then they go where people are wrong go. And that's in an ugly, dark, burning fireplace. So we have to be willing to be persecuted to go there to get them. And, and in the process of that, we have to break ourselves down, be selfless enough to allow God to use us so that we can go and do it and play. No one wants to go on the bridge and minister to people. No one wants to go to the drug houses or the alcoholics. No one really wants to go there and do any kind of ministry. Well, God loved those people too. You know, so we are, uh, Jesus went to the publican's house and sat down talking, ate. So that's an example. That's a very good example. I haven't got all the way there yet, trust me, <laughs> but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> but I see that that's what needs to be done. Yeah, I see. I mean, obviously, these are all of these Beatitudes are just a picture of who Jesus was and is, um, mm -hmm. but nothing really uh, personifies that as much to me as those who are humble, those who are meek. I just finished reading through the gospels um, and just getting to uh, when Jesus is on the cross, when Je well, even before that, when Jesus is being beaten, they keep saying, if you're the king, why can't you save yourself? You've saved yeah. so many other people. You've healed yeah. other people. Heal yourself, yeah. bring yourself down. And there is no bigger picture of meekness and, and humility than that. Because I know I would be saying, well, actually, I am the son of God. And actually, I can. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that I, I have not achieved Jesus level meekness yet. Um, but yeah, that, uh, 
that is the biggest picture of, of uh, meekness um, that I can think of. Yeah, having the having the power to do something, but choosing not to do it, mm -hmm. um, is one way that I've I've come to understand meekness. And you know, Jesus had he had that power to come right down off that cross, but he he, he was, was focused moving. on the eternal. Mm -hmm. To make sure that we had a way out, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the Old Testament shows that. Uh, that scapegoat, those two goats that they bring in during the atonement period, well, mm -hmm. one of them get a chance to 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 die, and and one get a chance to run away, send those sins away. That's a, that's an awesome picture to look at, but uh, that's what happens. We have to be meek enough to allow ourselves to be put in harm's way. I know that God is looking out for us. So, but main thing, this is instructions. Everybody don't get the instructions to go a certain place. I could talk to drug and alcoholic people, not from what I read in a book, but from my own personal experiences. And the good part about all of it is, is that I was doing really good before all that happened. As they call it, the living the life of Riley making lots of money, buying all kinds of properties, married, and could not have any children. And that was sad to see all of the uh, children that died even before they got a chance to live. Well, aborted themselves and uh, miscarriages. That, that was tough, it, tough. I wasn't attached to Christ at that time. I knew it because I grew up going to church and learning about Sunday school, but I didn't have him then. And as I look back, it was the role that I chose, but God used it now, and he's still using it for good. Because you can't tell no one how God can bring you out of something unless he brought you out. You can tell how the format is set up to do these things, but you can't reach down in your gut, look back in your experiences and tell someone that, yes, you may be drunk now, you may be an alcoholic now, and you may have given up, you may have thrown in the towel and you just as comfortable just being an alcoholic or a drug addict. But there come times when you don't wanna be that, you hate that but you can't get away from it. But they don't know Jesus who can pull you out of those things. Well, I had the fortunate pleasure of going through that. Excuse me. And Jesus pulled me out. So I know the power of Jesus. And there's so many people walking around that don't know that. And an old lady told me a long time ago, they says, a people will see a sermon much quicker than they will hear one. Mm -hmm. So I found out that the things that you preach and teach, you got to live it. Cause they looking at how you live. They looking at how you see And the good part about that. And I'm not just trying to get into my testimony, but 
they knew me on all three accords. They knew me when I was doing good before I got married. And then while I was married, then they knew me when I failed. Then they knew me when Jesus lifted me up, delivered me from it. It convinced a lot of people that there is a real Jesus that can do these things. Yes. Because they saw where I was and no, it, people can try it for a couple of days, a couple of months and act like they're really doing this. But after a while, you get to burnout. You give that up. You go on about your business doing something else. <coughs> but when you're called, then, hey, man, that's that's a powerful thing to be called. And I, I know Jesus uses my experiences to help people. Absolutely. He works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yes, he is. I know we were talking about Moses earlier, and I, the thought just came across my mind of what it must have felt like for him whenever he did kill that Egyptian and and had to leave um, his home, all, all that he knew. I mean, he was in Pharaoh's family, you know, ready to maybe become, you know, leader of Egypt. Maybe not. But to, to fall from that height and go in the, into the desert and then spend 40 years looking after sheep, that'll that'll shake up your worldview. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll humble you. Um, and I, yes, I always yes. think about that scripture that says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he lift you up. Mm. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Yes, he does. Um, this, is, this is who we have to be. And it's a process. It's a but it says you can you can do it yourself or you're going to do it for you. I'm going to try to do it myself. <laughs> That's one thing I'm going to try to do myself. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, just, have, just have that attitude. And, it, and it's a day-to-day, moment-to-moment type of thing for us to, to, to put into practice these attitudes that Jesus wants us to have. Um, it's... It's not a it's not like a lightning bolt boom shoots down. And maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it might be that experience. Uh, um, I, I think about one of my uh, mentors. And he was saying that he was struggling with something and uh, he was going to the, you know, 12 step meetings. And um, he was he was at revival church one day and he was pouring out his heart to God. And it was just like it was like a moment of clarity, like that lightning bolt came down and zapped him, and it was, <laughs> he just had a change of heart. And he's like, "God just delivered me from from this uh, this addiction that I had," and he never touched it again. Never touched it again. I'm sure he had moments of temptation, um, or he might not have. He might have just truly repented and repentance is a just doing a 180 and agreeing with god agreeing with him hey i know what my flesh has but i know what you say and who you say i need to be and i'm agreeing with you and the only way i'm going to overcome it is for you to give me the power that you promise well now well now and yes as you was talking there there's one thing uh uh, you use that powerful word, deliverance. 
See, uh, in my particular case, after eight years of it, uh, you lose everything, almost lose your mind, your property, your wife, your child. and You get caught up in that, trying to bury that pain. But deliverance is something that most people don't know what that looks like. Um, uh, but actual, even in my seminary, talking to some of the professors, they had never quite realized. I mean, they know the, the term, the definition, the, the theological the meaning for it, but they don't quite know what it looks like. Because once you see what it looks like, then you can recognize those that have been delivered. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing that you was delivered from, as long as you was delivered. Once you are delivered, no, you don't see no way of going back. In fact, it's just like uh, delivering from the Red Sea. There was not too much ways or opportunity to cross back and go back to Egypt. They talked about it. Oh, they sure God, wanted to. <laughs> yeah. God delivered you, but you don't want drugs or alcohol. I mean, what you do have a passion for is trying to help those who are there because you know what they are going through. And that's a powerful word, uh, Reb, that I'm hearing that deliverance is the key. When we can get delivered from ourselves, then we're ready for the hand of God. I wanna, I wanna jump, jump right quick and we might be moving around in our scriptures, but I wanted to go to verse eight. God blesses those whose hearts are pure they will see God. Um, that is definitely a work in progress. <laughs> okay. It's, it's definitely a work in progress. Because, um, you know, as we, we said earlier, uh, we, we, we get in our own way. Yes. Trying to do what God has for us. We, we might think we know better, but this idea of purity of being of being pure and i mean just like the glass of water you can see right through it there ain't there's no no corruption no contamination in there there's um there, you don't have to worry about um getting you know some type of disease from that pure water there and that's what to see god's face we must be pure. And I guess we have to uh, spend a little time later on sanctification. Um, that's the process through which we become pure. Is that sanctification work of the cross. We've been forgiven of our sins, but there's a, there's a lot more to this. And I think sometimes, yeah, I come from a Church of Christ background now with the disciples of Christ and the church of Christ, they put such a big emphasis on, on baptism. Oh, we baptize this many people and whatnot, but there's not a focus on, okay, are, are we teaching folks or are we just concerned about getting people inside the building? So, um, you know, the offering is big or whatnot. That, that um, you know, if you got some people in the church leadership, you know, thinking that way from that, earthly fleshly type of thinking um it's it can be troublesome for the church 
We need to be building people up to, and then passing on the faith. You know, in Acts, and then in, in Paul's writing, he talks about the laying on of the hands, passing on that spiritual heritage. I think we need to do that more in our churches. We need to be encouraging people with the gift that they have to use it for the edification and the building up of the church. Don't just come to church on Sunday and listen to the pastor uh, do a sermon. You put your money in the collection plate and you check it off. Don't do that anymore. You are selling yourself short. You got a whole room full of gold in this, uh, this faith in Jesus Christ that we have. This deep richness of knowing the creator of all that exists has chosen to have a personal relationship with us. And even though we have fallen, even though we've made mistakes, even though we we hit the bottom, he's still there to pick us up, still there Always. to drift us off and to purify us, write his word, write his laws on our hearts. I don't know, but I want to see God. I want to see him. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. I say, yeah, Abraham, he all right. Jacob, he 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 did pretty good. And I say, Moses, he made a big cracky thing. But when I get to heaven, I want to see Jesus. I'm looking for him wherever I can. Look. I'm trying to lay my eyes on him. I just want to tell him thank you. Thank you. For all that he's done, not only for me, but so many more just like me. I want to see him, man. I just want to see him. Uh, we, we're getting close to our, our time limit here on the show. And I wanted to, uh, to give our uh, other panelists and, and podcasters a chance to to speak what's on their heart and, and um, what sticks out to you and, and the Beatitudes. And I, I'll pass it to you, Mandy. Well, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, we kind of ran out of time to go through um, every single one of them, but um, I want to kind of look at these as it's, it's not a, a magic formula to get, blessing. We don't, we don't run through this list and check them off, check them off, check them off. And then all of a sudden we're, we're blessed and we're seeing God and we're inheriting the earth. It's, it's not a list of virtues, but this, this is good news for us. It's good news that Jesus brought to us that meets us right where we're at. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel poor in spirit. Sometimes I'm mourning, I'm grieving. I'm hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for right relationship. Um, meaning that not that right relationships aren't always there, you know, doing right by one another. Um, those that show mercy, those that are pure at heart, those that are seeking to know our creator, cultivating the heart of Jesus. Um, so it's, 
it's not just a checklist. It's something that we're, that we have to work at, but it's also good news because it meets us right where we're at. And that, I mean, that is the good news that Jesus came right to where we're at. That, um, oh, go, go ahead. That that's it. That's, that's it. You know, I, I've always asked this question. I just want to put this little this little bit in here. When I went to Harding, I wanted to be, or actually, when I started in ministry, my goal is to be a missionary in Japan. I took a few trips there, uh, took a class, had to go read books, write uh, write papers about the culture and all that stuff. Um, and this concept of of sin. I was caught up in, you know, that old Baptist, you know, turn or burn style of, mm-hmm. of, of evangelism. Um, but we we miss, I think we missed the whole point. You know, you definitely want to tell people, I mean, hey, the kingdom of God is in. That's what, you know, that's what John said. Hey, y'all better get right. The kingdom of God is here. They they had the concept of, of sin. The Jewish people did. But when you, you're ministering to other cultures that don't, have that concept of sin, well, what do you have left? Well, what do you have is the, the gospel, the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of God meeting us where we are, the good news of, hey, this world doesn't make any sense, but somebody's making sense of it, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he chose to, to take what was foolish to shame the wise, take what was weak to shame the strong because the strong should have been taking care of the weak, but they don't in this world. I'll leave that alone there. <laughs> about you, Reverend Brian? You're up on top of the mountain, so you're going to have to figure out a way to come back down to earth on it, but no, you're great. That's, that's, that's so powerful. I think you have to have a this pure heart that we just got through talking about because you have to be willing to uh, be persecuted, what it really boils down to, because the world is upside down. We know what it was when we left it. It's only gotten greater in that same power of doing the wrong things. Everybody is about me, me, mine, mine, and, and greed. They want not only what they got, they want what everyone else has too. All they want is more, 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 more. And the sad part of it all is, as the rich young ruler, is that if you don't have any place to put it, you build a, a big old barn to put it in. And, and the way life is now, as you see how this pandemic has dropped down like a blanket over the, to cover the entire world, uh, people that we was with last year happy, or last month that was enjoying ourselves, uh, they are not here anymore. And they've gone. Just like that, you know, and we used to think, well, here today and gone tomorrow. Well, that concept no longer exists. It's here today and you better watch it. You might be gone in the next minute. You might could have a heart attack or swallowed or something that choke yourself. Someone could kill you. I mean, Satan has so many roads that he can do things to us, but God has more. But once you get on his umbrella, he said the weapons are formed, but none of them will prosper. 
Yeah. And I live by those codes by saying, he that's inside of me is greater than that which is on the outside. I live by those things. I don't feel them anymore. Amen. And so we are not made perfect if we're still fearful. I'm thinking about First John there, that scripture. We have to rely on God for that. We have to rely on him for everything, moment to moment. Yes. Um, just to be so wrapped up in, in him and wrapped up in the kingdom, seeking the kingdom first. And that's, that's why we're here at the Ministry of the Interior, to seek the kingdom first. Well, I, I appreciate everyone coming here, joining us on the show, and I'd like to close us out in, in prayer. Please join with me. Our Father, God of heaven, God of earth, we acknowledge you as God and King, creator of all that we see. We know that you hold all of our lives in your hand. and Nothing gets past you. Nothing surprises you. And Lord, we come for you. Meditating on the words of Jesus. Now he met the people where they were. He knew their suffering. He knows our suffering. Yes, Lord. And he's told us yes. that there's something greater waiting for you. Well, Lord. Jesus, you told us to pick up our cross and to follow you. And I ask you, Lord, for your forgiveness whenever we we look oh, to the left and we look to the right. Please, Lord, please, Lord. Whenever we we think of ourselves more than we should. Whenever we, we don't show mercy to others when we should. And Lord, we know that we can do all things and we know that we are more than conquerors when we rely on your strength. Yes, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters all over the world who call on Jesus' name for salvation. I pray for those in the places where they have to meet in secret to worship you. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would protect all my brothers and sisters against the evil one, his attacks. Please, Lord, please. That they may not prosper. That at every moment you would remind all of us to take up that helmet, take up the breastplate. Yes, Lord. To make sure our feet is prepared. Everything fastened together with the belt. With our shield in our hand. Yes, protecting us from the fiery darts of the enemy. And taking up the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Lord teach us every day how to do this. Teach us every day how to do this. And we thank you for the glorious promises. And the glorious blessings that we experience now, that we have experienced, and that we will experience because of King Jesus. Thank you. We ask all this in his holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Well, thank you, everyone, and hope to see you again next week, Lord willing. Amen.